Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome, everyone, to Passage to Profit. I'm Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law, a full-service intellectual property law firm. And Passage to Profit, the inventor show, is all about entrepreneurs, business people, and the intellectual property that they need to make their businesses flourish. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not a lawyer, but I do work at the law firm. I help with the marketing. Although she does give me a lot of advice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's worth what you pay for it. No, I listen very carefully. So we like to start the show. Well, first of all, I do want to say who's going to be on the show. So if you are a baseball fan, if you like watching the World Series every year, you may recognize our guest. And that's all I'm going to say. So stay tuned. If you want out-of-the-box marketing, two heads working with you, bang for your buck, they're coming up. If you have food allergies and you have to go out to eat or like to go out to eat, oh my gosh, this is revolutionary. And if you need to drink water, but don't want to drink water. <laughs> We've got the solution. If you're tired of the so, flavor of water. Yeah, so, uh, please stay tuned for the whole show. It's really going to be fun. And I'm so excited. But first, we have to torment you with a little bit of intellectual property. Right. So <laughs> tell us about the patent you found this week. So I owe this to CJ Robles of Tech Times. I looked up the patent after I saw it. I did not know that it was possible to patent a trajectory. No, I wouldn't have known that either. So please go on. So apparently NASA filed and received a patent for a trajectory for a spacecraft going from Earth orbit to moon orbit. And it's really a mathematical model. So they patented it as a method patent because it's a mathematical model. And to quote C.J. Robles, he says, as space agencies, people find it strange that NASA patents lunar travel, right? I mean, don't the taxpayers own that? So like, but, who are they going to sue with this patent? So, well, they said NASA scientists still work hard to make numerical models of planetary trajectories so they still have to protect their intellectual property just like all the rest of us i guess That's elon musk is going to rip off their trajectory or something <laughs> yeah. you know i mean come on give me a break it's, it's is this what get, our tax dollars are going for well no it's to get people to the moon cheaper and faster <laughs> to make moon travel cheaper so who doesn't want to go to the moon i bet there's no covid up there <laughs> So that is our well, IP in the news. That was a completely useless patent, in my opinion. But I have something that's far better and far more interesting. And that is a musical instrument adapted to emit a controlled flame. So this patent dates back to 1981. So... That's when people actually used to play instruments, you know, wind instruments like trumpets and trombones and stuff, but they don't do that anymore. It's all synthesizers. So for those of our listeners who've never heard of a trumpet, it's like a bugle, right, with valves that you press. And that's what makes the music. Well, this inventor, Pat Vidas, decided that he would liven things up a little bit by attaching a gas canister to his trumpet. And when he played, he could pull an extra trigger and flames would come out of the trumpet. So I think that's really a much more significant invention than moon trajectories or whatever you call it. So you may know that I was once a trumpet player. I know that. You know that. And you know that they used to call me Lips? Not yeah, I was. In, I oh played up in high school. <laughs> oh no! I, I, oh, no. I, I played in high school and college, and then in, in law school, I was in this blues band, and they called me Lips Gearhart. And it's not because I was a good trumpet player; it was because I was at a frat party after one of our gigs, and I bumped into a door, 
and my lips swelled up so much I couldn't play for the next couple of weeks. But anyway, if I had had this in invention, I would have blown everybody's mind up for sure. And even to this day, I think, you know, if we invite people over to our house for a barbecue, why use the barbecue? Why not use the trumpet? You can play a tune. You could blow flames out on the burgers. You could cook them. I think it would be a real fun type of thing to do. So that's my intellectual property <laughs> no story. Okay. okay, so without further ado, I do want to introduce our guest, Buddy Biancolana. If you don't know the name, but if you like baseball, you probably know about him because in 1985, he started playing better than he'd ever played in his life as a shortstop on a pro baseball team. He was on the Kansas City Royals. And when I talked to Buddy the first time, he's like, oh, yeah, I played shortstop. And yeah, we, we went to the World Series. No, they won the World Series. And if you look at his Wikipedia page, I mean, people do give him credit for being part of that victory. I, of course, it was a team effort, but you have to have a great shortstop. Anyone that knows anything about baseball, which I do know some about baseball, not as much as Buddy knows, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he did it by going to a place in his brain that, and, and I think some of us have been able to go into what he calls the zone. What's cool now is that he can teach other people how to do that. So welcome, buddy. Tell us. We want to hear your story. So my story, you know, I was, even though I was a first round pick by the Kansas City Royals many years ago, I was just somewhat of a marginal major league player. Could never really figure out how to stay in the lineup on a regular basis. You know, I'd be in for a few days and I'd, I'd stink it up and I'd be on the bench and they'd get back off the bench. So that's kind of the story of my career. And however, I got in the World Series in 1985, I was starting shortstop for the Royals and for whatever reason, all of a sudden, everything just really, really slowed down for me. I wasn't thinking. Everything I did was just very fluid and effortless. My timing was literally perfect. And the only thing I did wrong was I missed a suicide squeeze in my first at bat. But other than that, I had a feeling of not being able to do anything wrong, even if I tried. It was the most amazing experience. It was just between me and myself. It was, you know, I was aware of my teammates and the opponent of the ball, but I was in this deep level, which I now call the zone. And, you know, every ball at shortstop was hitting me in the sweet spot of the gloves. Literally, literally every ball. I don't exaggerate. So I'll tell you the specifics. Every single throw out of my hand, like, was butter off a hot knife. And I hit 73 points higher than my career average. I was a leading vote getter of position players for most valuable player of the series. Our, uh, our Cy Young Award winning pitcher, Brett Sabregan, however, won the award, rightfully so. He had a great series. And then 18 months later, I was out of the major leagues because I just didn't understand what happened in my mind that allowed me to experience the game as slowing down, not thinking, and with fluid, effortless motion. And so long story short, we've been able to quantify that process in the brain and combine it with many other techniques to help athletes experience that feeling that I had in the World Series more by design than, than by chance for myself. So now I'm so blessed I get to work in multiple sports. I do a lot of my work in baseball. We've done uh, three studies in baseball, one in golf. So very, very gratifying too, because I'll have to tell you, the emotional pain that I felt being out of the major leagues 18 months later after winning a World Series was very difficult. I uh, had a lot of injuries. So I've, I've learned a lot of things over the years in healing my mind and body that I'm now able to teach others, which is, uh, you know, for me, it's, I couldn't be doing more gratifying. So very blessed. Well, that's great. So what do you do to get into the zone? When an athlete's playing their best, there are two things that are happening. One is they're accessing a deeper, quieter state of mind called the, the alpha state. We all know that no matter what we're doing in life, we're more effective, more efficient if our mind is in a settled state, whether we're driving a car or working on a, uh, a patent right? If the mind is more settled, we're more efficient. 
Right. When it comes to sports, one key is to access this deeper, quieter state. This is what happened to me in the World Series. And the second key is to allow the information that you're taking in when it pertains to motion, what determines the fluidity of motion in the body, which is what every athlete wants. What determines that is if the information that you're taking in about your outer circumstances and about what's going on in your own body regarding the motion, if, if those signals, that information's moving to the cerebellum, it's part of the motor system, which I call an athlete's best friend, because it's able to really calculate where your body is at each given moment and allows all the muscles to start to fire synchronistically as opposed to an imbalance. Hmm. And so we just now, when I work with athletes, you know, I, I say that I work at the intersection of intention and execution or mental and physical. I'm not a substitute for a, a swing coach in golf or a coach in baseball, but I help put all the pieces together so that integration can occur. And once you have integration, then you can have consistency and you can have sustainable confidence. You know, after the World Series, I went back to spring training the next year, and you can't imagine the anxiety I had because I had such expectations on me to perform the same way in the World Series, and I had no idea why I performed so well in the World Series. And wow. trying to replicate something that you're just like clueless about, it, everything just breaks down. I, I tell a story that I feel like the last game I played in the major leagues, playing at shortstop, I'll never forget at Riverfront Stadium, I felt like I was playing at quicksand. My muscles were so locked up because of the state of mind. That's, uh, you know, turning lemons into lemonade, right? That's what we all want to do in life. So, and that happens to people a lot, I think. You do something really well, and then you're terrified. And you, like you said, you lock up. And so, can you actually get anybody to learn your method, the zone method? I can. And, you know, there are other things, right? You have to have a holistic approach to life. We could have all gotten up this morning and had five candy bars and 10 Cokes, and we wouldn't be as effective today on our podcast, right? You have to have a holistic approach. And because of the challenges in my life and post-career and during my career, I've put a lot of pieces together. But as far as what happens, you know, the, the brain is the operating system of our whole life, you know? Right. And if we don't really understand how the brain functions and we're not able to access it and set things up so that the chances of our success increase, we're just rolling the dice every day. And as an athlete, I used to say, you know, if a, if a baseball hitter goes four for four, he goes home feeling good that night, goes to bed, he wakes up in the morning, he's feeling good. I had a great, great game last night, goes to the ballpark at two o'clock, says, okay, I got to make sure I put my right sock on before my left, <laughs> put my lucky shirt on. And then I'm just going to hope that I can perform as well tonight as I performed last night without understanding what really happened at the most fundamental level of the mind, the most fundamental level, which is the brain, that allowed me to perform so well last night. And so the, the confidence just fluctuates. So the whole key is to, once you really understand how it all works, then you can align with it. Right. You align with these laws, and then your chances for success are greater. But more importantly, is your confidence is sustainable. And so when your confidence is sustainable, you're going to feel better. Anytime you feel better in life, you're going to be more effective, more efficient. You're going to get things done. And so um, that's a little bit about how it all works. Well, that's great. I really appreciate you sharing your story, especially about how you were at such a peak performance level and then how it all sort of went away. I was a minor athlete myself. And, you know, some days you'd play great, other days you wouldn't. And once you've hit that pinnacle, you tend to hold yourself up to that 
standard for every performance, which is just unrealistic and very difficult to do. And I'm sure there's a lot of athletes out there who experience the same thing. Maybe after hearing your story, they won't beat themselves up so much. I just had a question for you, buddy. How do you overcome or coach somebody through like brain blockages? Say you have a goal in mind or say you're trying to get to a certain level in any aspect, whether it's sports or it's business. How would you kind of coach somebody through the experience of having like a brain block where you've kind of like, it's been hard for you to achieve something because of what's going on mentally? Let's just talk about um, in sports, but it applies to all of life. But anytime the desired result becomes a priority, that will create a brain block. So if we're working with a coach who's worked on the mechanics, which are very, very important, but if the physical mechanics become the priority over the processes of the mind, that creates the muscle imbalance, number one. And two is the motion won't get stored in what's called the basal ganglia of the brain. But typically, you know, in life, we're so outer directed. The outer goal becomes the priority. Certainly, we have to have the intention for the outer goal. But when it becomes a priority and overshadows the processes, the mind becomes very, very difficult. So using techniques to put the mind in a more alpha state and allowing the information to flow to the cerebellum through different drills and concepts and, and techniques and, and what I call paradigm shifting thoughts starts to allow one's neurophysiological experience to change and basically strengthens neural pathways that are more conducive for success to be there. As humans, we're either strengthening or weakening neural pathways all the time. The whole key is to strengthen the ones that really work for us. And yet over the years, we've had neural pathways that we've been conditioned not just from our own thinking, but others thinking and societal conditions and expectations and conditioning that can throw us off. So strengthening the neural pathways that are responsible for fluid effortless motion with perfect timing, that's the key. And putting the mind in that alpha state, basically by distracting the mind to some degree is part of it, but it doesn't discount the fact that what I call the kinetic chain in sports, the proper angles are really, really important. It's one thing being relaxed in life, but it's another thing to make sure that the proper sequences, the proper steps are being taken in the proper order, right, sequence. And when it comes to the body, there are certain angles that are very, very important. So the zone really is different than the flow state. There's a lot of talk about the flow state, which is fabulous. It feels really great to be in flow. But the zone is a little bit different because you're involving physicality of the body. And the brain-body connection is a two-way street. The brain is sending signals to the body. The body is sending signals to the brain. When both are cohesive and, and doing what they're supposed to do, that's the ultimate experience for an athlete. Buddy, one thing that was interesting to me about your story was that you took what you kind of thought of as a little bit of a failure, but you turned it into a business and you really took your actual success on the field and turned it into a business figuring out what that was. And I'm just wondering, how did you do that? Did you work with a brain expert? How long did that take you? Like, how does somebody take something they really want to do and learn enough and do enough to make a business out of it? Mine wasn't really a choice, not to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get, you get in so much pain, physical and emotional pain, that you just find things that work. And that's kind of the story for me was I was away from sports for 11 years. I was just so blown out from it mentally and physically that I, you know, that was it. And I didn't miss it at all. I just wanted as far away from it as I could get. But it was through that healing and some great teachers, Stephen Yellen and others, learning a lot about the brain, Dr. Fred Travis learning about the brain and, you know, and starting to figure some things out on my own and, and exploring and discovering through introspection. Look how this works. Look how that works. And then, you know, just finding bits and pieces and teachers and breathing techniques and meditation and 
all kinds of different things and how to move energy that gets stored in our system that can really undermine our success and the, the emotions, right? The emotions are so powerful and will undermine everything that, you know, affect our belief systems and looking at all that and, and knowing for me, you know, looking at the sequence, how to basically undo somebody step-by-step step and build them back up step-by-step step in the proper sequences is kind of what it takes. It wasn't a fun process. I'll tell you that. This picture is on your website, right? Yes, you are sitting here with a TV personality. Can you tell us who that is and what you're doing? That is David Letterman. It was a week after the World Series, and um, I was presenting him a bat that I used in the World Series, and he was presenting me a hit counter that he was using as part of a a little gig uh, he was doing with me during the end of uh, the 85 season when Pete Rose was chasing Ty Cobb's hit record. Um, He said there's also a young player that's chasing Cobb's record, Buddy Bianca, and I had like 50 major league hits at the time. And uh, every now and then, I guess he would bring it out to, you know, on, on the show and he'd say, well, let's go to the box scores. And, oh, Pete had two hits and he'd hit the hit counter. And he had a picture of Pete's face and he had a picture of me. And he said, oh, and Buddy had a hit tonight. He hit the hit counter. So, it was, you know, he's kind of making fun of me being a young major league player, only had 50 major league hits at the time. Got playoffs and the World Series, had a good series. And, you know, then he had me on the show. It was, you know, it was really a fun experience. Who's this guy with the golf club and what's his significance? Scott McCarron has had great success. I started working with Scott about four years ago when he was just uh, a newcomer on the senior PGA Tour. He had won three PGA tournaments over, uh, I think he'd been on it for 20 years. And in four years on the senior tour, he's won 11 tournaments over $9 million after going through zone motion. So um, Scott's been kind of a poster boy, client of mine. I do a lot of work on the PGA Tour um, as well as Major League Baseball, but Scott's really taken advantage of it. And, you know, it takes really good care of himself, eats well. It does all the things that we we need to do in life. It's not all about just what happens in your brain, but it's, you know, doing many things that can in- increase our chance for well-being in life and joy and success. And the uh, first research project I did, or actually it was a study, was with some golfers, and we showed an increase in the theta state. And over the years, I started to learn more about the theta state. And theta state increases serotonin. And serotonin and oxytocin are feel-good chemicals, right? Oxytocin, the love chemicals, serotonin. We all know about serotonin. And I started to notice in working with athletes over the years that not only were they performing better, they were feeling better. They were just more upbeat. And I started to think, I wonder why that is. And I, so I started to study more about the theta state and learned about the serotonin and oxytocin. And so I realized that, you know, everything we do in life, we do for one reason, because we want to feel good. There's no exception. If you really break it down and think about it, everything we do in life, we do because we want to feel good. And so when we make feeling good, our priority over the outer experience, right, over the outer experience, not only do we achieve the ultimate experience of feeling good, we're better able to achieve our outer experience, which is what we're shown with all these athletes. So we just make the brain state the priority And a lot of things just happen naturally. And so we can get so caught up in going back to the doing and forcing and nudging and, you know, going after and wanting, you know, all of that's important to take action. But we take action from the right state of the mind. We're doing it from a better state of well-being. There's more ultimate fulfillment. We're achieving our desire of feeling good, feeling more joy, serotonin, oxytocin. And then we're better able to achieve our outer desires. So we're killing two birds with one stone, I like to say. Awesome. You know what? We're out of time for this segment, but stick around, buddy, because you can help us with the other segments. And we certainly want to keep talking to you. This has just been absolutely fascinating. People can find you at zonemotion.com. Do you work with just anybody 
or do you only work with athletes and corporations right now? No, I can work with anybody. I've worked with musicians and, and athletes and, you know, people in the corporate world and I can work with others. Great. Great. Well, thank you very much. So you are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventors Show. Indeed. On WOR 710, the voice of New York on iHeartRadio with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart and our special guest, Buddy Biancalana. And we will be back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. If you missed our guest speaker, Buddy Biancalana. Wow. This is like new age stuff. The stuff he's doing is just amazing. It's brain work. And I love it. You've got focus on being happy and keep the goal in mind, but focus on your inner self. What a great well, message. The, the, you really have to listen to what he says to really get it, I think, because he explains it in such a way. But now we are on to our executive spotlight, Eileen Greed and Ted Pulmar. And I like to say you get two for the price of one. They like <laughs> to say you get more bang for your buck, but they have market share communications. So welcome. Tell us all about your marketing agency. Thank you so much, Elizabeth and Richard. We are um, husband and wife partnership, boutique marketing company, and we work with small and middle market companies, as well as solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And we do pretty much everything marketing for them. I started my company initially when my kids were young and in school and I was working for someone else, I didn't have the flexibility. And I was also noticing that a lot of small companies at the time could not afford to hire a large marketing or advertising agency. And I decided to just jump in, talk about being in the zone. I never really thought back then about what if, you know, I wouldn't succeed. I just knew I was going to succeed and I went ahead and started my own firm and we, bumped into each other. We were both divorced at the time, about 15 years ago. Went to camp we went to, we knew each other as kids. That, that's the funny part of the story. And <laughs> he recognized me coming out of an appointment and uh, found out we each owned our own marketing company. One thing led to another. We joined forces, put our two companies together, and eventually got married. We continue to have a mission of helping small and middle market companies. And um, we work with a lot of single individuals who are starting out, want to do a business, coaches, uh, individual attorneys and CPAs and that sort of thing, because they want to spend time working on their business. They don't have the time to do the marketing. They don't have the time to build a website and go on social media regularly. Besides, they don't do it that well, with respect to accountants, but they don't know how to build a website. They don't know how to do things that we do day in and day out. So 
they make money on an hourly basis. So if you take them away from doing their thing, they're not making, they're not making their money. If they could find someone to do it for them, they are going to be happier and uh, more, successful. more successful. You actually dig deep into the product or business. Like you told me you went to a manufacturing site to actually see how they were making their products. So you could understand oh. everything about it. So then you knew how to market it. Yes, in order to really do the right job, you have to learn what the company manufactures, the company culture, how the president and the business owners think. Because if you don't get on their wavelength and be able to speak to them in an intelligent manner, then they think that, you know, you're a magician and you're not pulling a rabbit out of the hat. It doesn't work that way. They have to feel very comfortable with you and say, could you do that? Because I just don't have time to do it. Yeah, we get into the real uh, nitty gritty of a company that we work with. And, and we don't work with 50 companies at a time. We're very specific. I don't want to say particular, but we interview a client before we take them on and make sure it's a good fit for us because we only have anywhere from five to eight clients at any given time. And we work with them over a long period of time. So we don't just do a project. We take them on for usually six months or a year because the marketing is ongoing. You can't just market something today and hope that tomorrow you're going to, you know, people are going to know about you as you guys, I'm sure know. So we work with the client for a lengthy period of time and sometimes multiple years and we really get pretty close pretty to them. Enough. What are the top five things that entrepreneurs who are solopreneurs before what can they do on their own? And what do you recommend for them to get you know, good marketing for their business when they're starting out? Well, I think the most important thing is to know what their niche is and to position themselves for a particular target audience. People try to be all things to all people, you can't. So know who you're going after have a website, it's a necessity today. And there are places you can go now to build your own website if you're not ready to hire a marketing firm. Absolutely, you have to have social media because that's where people are finding companies and brands and services and products. Do video, use your iPhone or your whatever, your you know, cell phone and do video because more people are looking at video today and finding it more interesting than reading. That's four. What's first, the first thing, thing is, is strategy. You have to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Spend some time with a pencil and paper, write down who is your typical client, who can you sell to, why you're going to sell to them, what advantages you have over your competition, and then you could put all these other things into motion. Without a strategy, you're lost. It seems like you dig a little deeper than people that I've worked with in the past. So Eileen Green and Ted Polmar with Market Share Communications, marketshare.com. So you're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. We'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. 
first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. The Inventor Show and our special guest, Buddy Biancolana and Eileen and Ted from Market Share Communications. And if you haven't heard the first part of the show, you really should because it's just been some outstanding content, some great thoughts, and some great information and advice. You can catch up with us on our podcast, which is available on the iHeart website, as well as everywhere else where podcasts are shown. And now we are moving on to our Cultivate segment. Kenya, tell us what's served up today. Yes, so on Cultivate, we talk about contributors to the culture. And this week, sadly, we're going to be talking about Chadwick Bossman. So if you don't know who he is, he was the Black Panther. A lot of people don't realize he was in multiple movies beforehand, before even Black Panther. Uh, He actually played Jackie Robinson in a biopic years and years ago. And he recently just passed away, sadly. And I just wanted to pay a tribute to him today and talk about, you know, we're talking about marketing, we were talking about branding, we were talking about being in the zone. And I really want to think it's important to talk about the power of a brand and how it transcends into a legacy, because I think he really brought that to life for us. You know, what a lot of people don't realize with when he was taping Black Panther, he was struggling and battling stage four colon cancer as he was going. And we were talking with Buddy about just the power of being in the zone. And I'm like, geez, I can't imagine even having to deal with such a horrific disease like that. And then having to stay focused and really be in a place where you had to deliver. And one of the things that was so powerful about his contribution to the culture was the fact that he was able to take the opportunity that that he was given and really be the first black superhero, right? So he he took these opportunities and he built this brand that I'm not sure sometimes we realize like as things are happening, what we're actually accomplishing and what we're contributing as these experiences are going on, but the power of his brand and how it really is going to attribute to his legacy. So I, I wanted to mention him today because it was trending and then I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And I have not seen a negative thing about him at all. Like people loved him. Yeah. Apparently he was just a very good soul, a very good heart and really attracted the good in people. So it is very sad to lose someone like that. And so much courage. I know that colon cancer is a very painful type of cancer. And to be able to make that legacy under those circumstances, I think is a testament to his power to make his imprint on our culture. And I'm sure he's a wonderful role model for so many young people out there. And it's sad that this had to happen. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think what people don't, well, a lot of people don't realize is he kept it a secret for four years. So it's not something that he publicly shared, which I was like, wow, you know, um, sometimes we just, we get in a situation where we have to deal with these things internally. And I just, again, attributes to his strength and his uh, resilience of just being able to fight something. And, and at the same time, 
being able to offer something of magnitude to the culture. I think it's a very nice tribute to him mm -hmm. and we'll always have his films to watch and so his legacy will live on. So now I get to talk a little bit about Fireside. For those of you who have seen this before, Fireside is a video directory of small business. I have a YouTube channel and I have a website and I interview small to medium-sized business owners. And it's a different platform than the way a lot of things are being done right now because I tell them that I am the cracker that holds the cheese <laughs> and they're the cheese. <laughs> so they get to direct the video and the interview whichever way they want it to go. And I ask them questions as if I were going to hire them. And people can really talk about themselves, their business, their work. I lean into Ted have done a video with me and that's why I wanted to have him here because they were so much fun on that video and I really felt that their marketing agency was different than other marketing agencies that I've talked to so I'm getting more and more people I'm getting to that critical point where I'm going to be able to start advertising it to consumers who would come to find people on it pretty soon and I'm having a ball with it. You know, I love interviewing people. I love talking to people. I love hearing their stories. And I've been doing custom thumbnails using Canva. And those are really fun too, because that's my creative side come out a little bit. So anybody that wants to do a video interview with me for Fireside and it's video, it's very visual. So if you have a consumer product, I encourage people to put that up there, put short video clips of their own in there or whatever. Yeah, video is where it's at now. So if you're out there in the marketplace and you don't have video, then you're not keeping up. So. So Fireside is the perfect place to do that. And where can they find Fireside? Oh, so it's fireside.directory is the website. And the YouTube channel is Fireside Directory. And the YouTube channel has a lot of videos on it. Not as many people have started their pages on the website. I'm encouraging them to do that. I think there's a little bit of a tech barrier there. I'm working on a video to show people how to actually use the system and get their page on Fireside. We'll be right back with more Passage to Profit right after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not? make it you. If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And we're on to our first presentation this evening. And with us is Shandy Chernow from Certistar. And it's a company that makes electronic food menus for people with allergies. So welcome to the show, Shandy. Tell us about your product. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to be here. Certistar provides individualized food allergy menus we work with hospitality companies like restaurants, cruise lines, hotels, education, hospitals, anywhere that you can get food really is a potential customer of ours. So our patent pending software, just to bring the intellectual property in, we're in that waiting game of patents right now, uh, provides stoplight style menus. You can put in any allergies and any combination and then we give back green, yellow, red, allergen friendly, chef driven modifications or unsafe 
And it really takes the time and heaviness of a food allergy away from the food service venue where you're trying to dine. So it, right now it takes a really long time for a restaurant to figure out what it is that someone can safely eat because it's important to them to keep someone safe and to be able to serve them. Obviously, it's important for the guest to stay safe as well. And we take that eight to 12 minute conversation down to, you know, 30 seconds or so. Creates a much less stigma and center of attention on the food allergies. And it allows people in the restaurants to really focus on the job that they were there to do customer service and making a great dining experience. That's great. I can imagine as a restaurant owner, this is a really sensitive subject because people can get super duper sick if they pick the wrong food or they don't know what the ingredients are. This sounds like a great solution to that problem. Yeah, thank you. There's 32 million Americans who are food allergic. It's 10.4% of the population. So if you think about that from a restaurant perspective, one in 10 one in 10 people in the restaurant, probably more than one in 10 tables that you've got seated. It really can be life or death. You know, there's 200,000 emergency visits a year based on food allergy reactions, and almost all of those are outside the home. So that's every three minutes somebody's going to the emergency room, uh, and it, it really can be life-threatening. Well, I remember when our daughter was working downtown in the little town we live in at a smoothie place, and this mom came screaming in, you sold my 10-year-old a smoothie with blah, blah, blah in it, and she's allergic to that. How dare you? And my daughter was like, well, we're told to ask everybody, do you have any food allergies? And we asked her, and she said no. And the mother was mad at them, and... Yeah. And like, what does restaurant owner do? It's definitely an issue. And part of the problem is that a lot of food allergy people have, a t myself included, have a tendency not to tell restaurants about their food allergies because there is such a experience from the past, you know, where you get these bad reactions from the restaurant, right? You don't want to be a burden. You don't want to be a pain in the neck. You really try to take that burden upon yourself and then kind of cross your fingers and hope that nothing bad happens. I do feel like the guest always should be telling the restaurant, but the restaurant should always be making it welcoming and easy to do so as well. And so that's really where we come in to sit in the middle of that and make it as easy and as fast as possible so that you're not having this huge, long pain in the neck for both sides conversation trying to figure it out. But you can see here the green, yellow, red, and we take again any allergy. So this one's based on tomato, as you can see at the top. There's 170 different foods that have been known to cause food allergic reactions. And most allergen menus, most restaurants are prepared to deal with the top eight. Oftentimes I'll walk into a restaurant and say, hey, we got to have the food allergy conversation. And they say, here's our gluten-friendly menu. I say, I love gluten. I can have it. It doesn't hurt me. But I can't have pork and I can't have shellfish and I can't have nuts. And so we need to have a different conversation than maybe you've been trained to have. And so Search Star, again, just makes it super duper easy on both sides of that conversation. So if you type in tomato and search, then it comes up with a list of foods and you can eat the foods in green with no problem. Yep. And yellow is you can eat them with no problem, but there's some modification that the chef has allowed for. So, you know, leave off the cocktail sauce or whatever the case may be. Um, and then in red, nothing we can do to fix it. Whether it's, you know, something that could potentially be removed or not, or there's cross-contamination, you know, we just take the information from the chefs. We never want to dictate what happens in the kitchen. And, you know, we just write that down honestly for the guest. So how are you monetizing this? So it's a subscription for the food service venue. And that way they have the ability to put in all of their menus and ingredients. They can embed it into their websites or their apps if they have one. Logistically, we don't care how the restaurant brings that to the guest in a higher end more white glove place you can imagine them printing out the individualized menu mrs gerhardt here's your individualized menu for this evening green and yellow red doesn't matter can't have it or you know bringing an ipad to the table go to our website 
whatever the case may be. And it's also very surprising when you do pretty much any search in Certistar, how many options there really are. Oftentimes when you go out to eat with a list of allergies like I have, the restaurant will come back and say, okay, well, we think that you can have this, right? Oh, the pancakes will be safe for you. And I'm like, dude, I'm at a steakhouse. Like I want dinner. But you know, it's difficult for the human brain to figure out, give me a list of everything that doesn't include the following ingredients, right? Our brains aren't really set up that way to figure that out. And so we've, you know, computerized that and made it super simple and super fast. That's really great. And that's really a positive step forward for people who have food allergies, no doubt. And the process for it is patent pending. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations on making that decision. And I really hope that you get a good strong patent and that it helps you protect your market, which is what patents can do. Shandy, where can people find out about your product? So on our website at certistar.com or on any of the social media channels at Certistar. You can also call us at 833-EAT-SAFE. Ah, I like that. That's great. And restaurants have suffered a lot during the COVID crisis, but I would imagine now a lot of restaurants are reinventing themselves and it's the perfect time to take a look at this product and integrate it into their business model as they reopen. So hopefully they'll be doing that. We'll be back with one more presenter right after this message. What are entrepreneurs most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. Ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With Buddy Biancolana, famous baseball player and World Series winner, as well as Eileen and Ted from Market Share Communications. So for our second presenter, we have Shane McCassey from Drink Hab. Shane, welcome to the show. Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, so I recently launched a sustainable beverage called Hab. The name Hab actually started with the word habit. And so before we knew exactly what we wanted to do, We knew we wanted to create a beverage company that was about creating healthy habits for your body and the planet. And so when I looked up the word habit, there was a million brands that showed up in a trademark search. So I was like, what's the next phase? How do I find something that is unique and So I abbreviated it to HAB and called up my attorney and he ran all the trademark searches. And luckily for the categories we wanted to own, it was available around the world. So we trademarked it right away and started building the business. So we developed what we call a bit, but it's a small tablet that pairs perfectly with your reusable water bottle or canteen. And the whole idea is that a lot of people don't like water. They get bored with water and when they want a flavored water, they go to a plastic bottle or aluminum can. And we wanted to eliminate the need for any bottles or cans to eliminate waste as a whole. So you drop the bit into water using your reusable water bottle or canteen, 
and it gives you great tasting fruit flavored water with no waste. And so our have promise is that we give you great taste in a plastic free, low waste supply chain. And we never use any artificial ingredients. Going back a few years, I started living more sustainably in my own life. I was eliminating plastic bottles, eliminating single-use waste from my life. But when I wanted that flavored water, I had to turn to a plastic bottle or aluminum can. And so I was just sick of looking down at my trash bin or my recycle bin at the end of the day. And I'd see two or three bottles or cans every day. And I'm like, well, this is my personal passion of being more sustainable. I want to turn this into a business. I've spent the last last 15 plus years working in the health and wellness space, I've worked at brands like Muscle Milk, Tone It Up. And so I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and have been a part of some really exciting, fun startup businesses. And, you know, that's kind of where Hab started from. So we, we just kind of soft launched about a month ago. I really have to agree with you when it comes to the recycling issue. To be perfectly honest, when they started selling bottled water, this gives you an indication of how much marketing insight I have. And who's going to buy bottled water? You know, you just go to the faucet and you get water, right? This is never going to work. <laughs> and now it's like we're trying to figure out ways to get rid of bottled water, right? Yeah. It really is a nifty idea. What kind of flavors do you have? We launched with two flavors because we wanted to kind of keep things simple. So we have a clementine and a lemon lime, and we have four or five more flavors in the works. You know, we wanted to make the lifestyle or the habit of being sustainable fun. So we're going to be rolling out new flavors every four to six months. So we have some really cool and exciting flavors in the works. The plastic problem and the waste problem is a real thing. I read a stat the other day that a full semi-truck of plastic enters the ocean every minute. Wow. So the little habits and things that we can do in our daily lives to eliminate some of that waste can ultimately do the world good. So what goes into the tablets that people put in the water? Hab is, like I said, it's all natural. So we use only natural flavors. Our natural flavors basically utilize fruit essences, fruit essential oils, and different spices to create the flavor. We have vitamin C. So you actually get over 200% of your daily value vitamin C per serving. And then to basically make the reaction happen, you have sodium bicarbonate that makes it fizz. Otherwise, the tablet would just sit there. We went through over 60 versions of the tablet to get to this final version. We wanted it to be a clean label that people could read and understand. It's a super smart product. What people don't realize, or else they should realize that water is probably or going to be one of the biggest commodities going into the next century, right? I mean, as everything's going on with people's health and the health is declining, water is very essential and it really helps. I'm a big alkaline water drinker. So I take my glass jugs to a place and I get fresh water every single week. So I totally get where you're coming from with drinking out of glass as opposed to drinking out of plastic. People don't realize how dangerous it is with water sitting in a plastic container. It's melting into the sun. Stuff's going into your water. God only knows what we're drinking. So I commend you on creating something that's not only sustainable for people's health, but really is a solution to almost a water crisis that we're having here in this country with bottled water. Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, there's obviously the environmental aspect. There's the health benefits of not using plastic, but there are so many things that water are tied to. Mental health, 
physical health. And so, so many people don't drink enough water, whether they don't get around to it or they just don't like the taste. So I think the idea is that HAB can hopefully bridge that gap of making water taste better and hopefully making people consume more water. Where can you buy it? So right now uh, we're only direct consumer. So you can buy it on our site. It's drinkhab.com. The plan is to keep it direct to consumer for at least the first year. And we've already gotten such great feedback from our customers. You know, we really listen to the customer. I think it's such an important part of growing a business from the ground up is you got to listen to what people are saying. Being that we have some experience with the beverage company and we do know what sells. Now, your, your story is fabulous. And there are certain keywords like all natural that goes over with almost the entire population. And we have to tell them that it tastes good too, because people don't like the taste of water. So what's the other alternative? Give me something that I want to drink, that I get pleasure from. We always look for the result. So therefore, you have to actually tell them, all natural, and it tastes good too. Oh, I got that. We made the decision early on that we were always going to lead with flavor because at the end of the day, the reason why people go to a bottle or, you know, the reason why they don't drink water is because they don't like the taste. Exactly. So taste is the most important part. So the words natural flavors kind of put the food allergy community's hackles up just a little bit. Do you list what they are? It's one of those things on the label that can kind of hide a whole lot of things that people can be allergic to. And so the transparency is really important for us. Typically, like on any labeling, you have to say contains nuts, coconuts, you know, dairy, anything that might be one of the food allergens. Yeah, the top eight. Yes, the top eight. So our products contain none of those. And I've never gotten that question of anything beyond the top eight. I guess that's a good question for you. Have you ever run into a natural flavor food allergen issue? And what was that? My best friend is allergic to pineapple as an example, since we're talking about kind of fruit flavored things. But natural flavors, spices is the other one that can hide literally anything in it. And you actually don't have to list if something's in the top eight, if it's under those categories and under a certain percentage of the ingredients. And so a lot of times food allergy people just won't purchase those products because they can't tell what's in it or they'll call the manufacturer. But generally there's some other option that they can have that is listing probably more chemicals, but is more transparent with the flavors. That's good information. Unfortunately, Shane, we're coming to the end of our program. One more time, where can people find your product for great tasting water? It's available on drinkhab.com and all of our socials at Drink hab. Thanks for being on the show. We'll be right back after this commercial message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit GE 
C-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. I love the variety of these shows. I think we hit all the bases, if you'll pardon the pun. (laughs) We do want to thank our producer, Noah, at iHeart. Noah has to take the Zoom audio, which is not up to his standards, quite honestly, because we used to tape this in the studio. Not because of any of our guests. No, no, we would tape it in the studio. He'd be behind the glass doing the mixer board, everything. So thank you, Noah, for taking what we give you and making it good enough to go on iHeartRadio in New York City. A silk's purse out of a sow's ear, I think they say. (laughs) Yes. So to wrap up, we had Buddy Biancalana with Zone Motion, Get in the Zone to Achieve Anything that You Need to Do in Your Life. It's very unique. And we had Eileen. I've been in the zone for the last hour, I have to say. <laughs> Eileen Green and Ted Polmar with Market Share Communications, a very unique marketing agency. Kenya did her tribute. I did a little bit about Fireside. Then we had Shandy Chernow, who, by the way, if you recognize the name Chernow, it may be because you're a Hamilton fan. Her uncle, Ron Chernow, wrote the book, Hamilton, that the play was based on. So, wow. We're in the presence of greatness. I have to go to Shandy's website and find out all about her fantastic software that will keep your restaurant clientele safe from allergens and probably lawsuits. Right. It's Certistar, C-E-R-T-I-S-T-A-R dot com. Really for restaurant owners and for any person with any kind of allergy who wants to go to a restaurant, this is a fabulous, brilliant idea. And then we had Shane McCassie with drink hab so hab like in habit sustainable drink flavorings that you can add to water in your reusable bottle that taste super good that are fruit flavored that are going to make you drink the amount of water you're supposed to drink and i love (laughs) the name too hab and he's properly trademarked it and searched it and so he gets special passage to profit kudos (laughs) and so before we go i guess buddy do you have any parting words for our audience just thank you all for participating and hosting it was a joy to be able to share his own motion and what I do is we've quantified certain processes of the brain that take place when athletes play in their best. And I work at the intersection of the mental and physical or intention and execution. And I just appreciate the audience and wish you all the best. Well, thank you very much. Eileen and Ted. I just want to say that this kind of medium that you're doing is fabulous. And from a marketing standpoint, we encourage our clients and anybody out there with the business, get on video, as we said before, Network with people, get to know people. It's the best way to grow your business. It really is. And meeting people face to face. And this virtual world has really been terrific for a lot of companies. So thank you for the opportunity. It was wonderful. You're very welcome. And Kenya? Creative content is the name of the game. So I love to see what everybody's doing in this space. And I just encourage the creativity to thrive. So I was happy to be a part of this conversation today. Kenya Gibson from iHeartMedia, by the way, they are absolutely ace when it comes to digital media, not just an entertainment company. And if you do have any digital needs, make sure that you contact Coach Kenya. Kenya, where can our listeners reach you? Oh, they can email me. My first and last name, it's Kenya, just like the country. My last name is Gibson with a P, G-I-P-S-O-N at iHeartMedia.com. Thank you very much for listening. We love our listeners. We love when you tune in. Find us on social media, Passage to Profit Show. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. Signing off from Passage to Profit on iHeartRadio, WOR 710, the voice of New York.